If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. You're listening to the Gold Digger podcast, episode number 293. Feelings and emotions are different, and yet we use the terms interchangeably. Understanding the difference between the two and knowing how our emotions impact our lives, inform our decisions, and lead our success isn't innate knowledge we're born with. However, we can develop emotional intelligence. We can come to understand the science of our emotions and absolutely thrive in life and in business with a deeper awareness of our emotions and how we can manage them as a means to favorable outcomes. Tico John Wilson is a sociologist, educator, and a certified emotional intelligence practitioner and she is here to educate you and me in emotional intelligence. It is a topic I have never tackled on the show before, so I am eager to take notes, like actually take notes right alongside of you, and I couldn't have asked for a better teacher. So what is emotional intelligence? Can it be measured? Should it be measured? And if it's measured, what can we do with that metric? All of these questions, plus a whole bunch more, are going to be covered on the show today. I am so wildly thrilled to introduce you to and to welcome Tico Nejan Wilson. Are you guys ready? This one's a good one. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Oh, Tico, I am so excited. I feel like as I've been watching you, as you're unfolding in this kind of new evolution of Tico, I am like in the front row seat with my chin on the stage, like bring it on. And so welcome to the show. You are going to blow our minds today, quite literally. And I'm so excited you're here. I'm excited to be here, Jenna. Thank you guys so much for the invitation and the welcome. Oh, hey. Okay. So walk me through. We were already talking about the name Tico, the Mm -hmm. one and only. Mm -hmm. Who (laughs) is Tico and what do you do? 
So Tico first is this eclectic woman who I don't know. I'm, I, I feel like I'm a patchwork of life. I feel like, you know, people say their stories. I feel like there's so many chapters and I try to embrace all of them to become Tico. So my current chapter <laughs> looks like marriage of it'll be 14 years in December. I have two babies. I, I, there are babies to me. My daughter will be <laughs> in September, but she's still my baby. And then my son is 10. So one boy, one girl, I get to love them equally and have a favorite of both. I tell them you're my favorite. <laughs> Daughter, you're my favorite son. So I love that. And I currently train corporations, organizations, and team leaders on emotional intelligence. I'm really big on, I'm really big on be, uh, human behavior, actually. And so I study, I've been a student of human behavior for so long. It seems like that's been the common trend in my entrepreneur journey and transitions from whatever my focus is in that season. And so right now, emotional intelligence, which is really not a new phenomenon, but it's very, you know, things start trending and (laughs) catching on. And so it's one of those things that people are really starting to pay attention to. And so that's what I teach and train on. I love that when trends line up with our visions and you're like, yes, "Yes." like right now, big eyebrows are in and I'm like, I have only waited 31 years for eyebrows to be back. We'll be back here to be back. That's how I feel about my bald head, Jenna. It's like, I've been doing this since I was 18. I'm 43 now. But when I see people like bald hair, don't care, short hair, don't care. I'm like, yes, finally you guys can come to my game, you know? (laughs) Welcome to the party. (laughs) Welcome to the party. Exactly. Here's your hat. Wear your hat throughout the party. Uh, Love this. Okay, so break down what emotional intelligence is because I feel like we're on the cusp of this, but for a lot of us, this is kind of new. So break it down for us. It is. And so emotional intelligence is interesting. I Can I tell you what it's not? Yes. I, think, I don't know. I would just love starting with what it's not first, because I think people have in their minds, you know, I believe with information so readily at our fingertips, people have already made up their mind that they know something or everything, right? And so I'm always like, what is it not first? Let's start with that. So what emotional intelligence is not, it's not this excuse to be emotional, and I'm doing open air quotes, uh, to be these emotional (laughs) beings that's just spewing off whatever you feel. You know, it's what I feel. And so I get to say it, I get to feel it, and you have to accept it. It's not an excuse for being emotional, and it's not a way to suppress emotions because I hear that too, where people think it's a, it's a way to kind of cage what you're feeling yeah. and cage your emotions. And I'm using those words interchangeably for now, but hopefully I get an opportunity to tell you what's the difference. Yes. Between them. But right now we're saying emotions and feelings, but it's not a way to cage them. Essentially it's our way that we are able to first identify our own emotions appropriately. That's the key there is, are we identifying them appropriately? And then are we able to see the emotions in other people? And that's really key about emotional intelligence. So it's not just about understanding what I'm feeling in real time in real life. It's about, can I see what that other person is possibly feeling too? And can I label it correctly? And then it's taking both of those things and determining how you're going to respond. And the goal is for that response to be beneficial to whatever the outcome is. Wow. And so I, and I know that summing sounds, this up. Oh my gosh. And I, you know, so it's really, I know it sounds really deep at some point, but another way, a simpler way maybe to look at it yeah. is to say, it's how I connect emotionally to experiences and encounters that are happening around me. So it's how I'm connecting, whether it's to the people, to the experience, to the opportunity, to what just happened to me. It's how am I connecting emotionally? 
I love that. Okay, so let's dive into the difference between emotions and feelings, because I feel like this is important and I want to understand it better, too. Yes. Oh, well, I'm just, I love that. <laughs> so it's, interesting. it's interesting because so a little quick backstory about how I ended up at the emotional intelligence part. For yes. so long, I was doing the branding and strategy for teams. And I've worked with over 200 entrepreneurs on building their brands, their strategy, their stories. And what I recognize is what they really were trying to do is fix what they were feeling. Yeah. And so well, when it came to big teams, I found a huge problem that they wanted an end result. They didn't really care about the good work. Uh, Entrepreneurs cared more about the validation and not the good product. And I just kind of got sick of seeing that. I'm like, I don't think these people get that behind all this good stuff are humans. And there's something that makes humans work. There's something that connects all of us. And if you look up the definition of humanity, you'll essentially see that's what connects us all is really how we feel, how we act, how we respond, our temperament and our emotions. And so that's how I even landed into I got to do something different than just coming up with these end results, but not focusing on the actual people that drive the results. And this works in life and as marriage and um, as a wife, I'm a wife, but hey, there's some women who aren't into marriage. You know, that's totally <laughs> fine. But whatever it is for your success story at the end, there's a human that has to drive it. And so and we're made up of human, I mean, of emotions and feelings, excuse me. So we're made up of human. I mean, I keep saying we are made up of humans. OK, but humans are made up of emotions and feelings. And so the important thing is to know how do they differ. And so that's what we, of course, will talk about. Amazing. And so um, can I just say, I listen to a bunch of your podcasts and I love that they feel like teaching moments. Girl. They really do feel like someone sitting in on an audio classroom. So it made me excited. I was like, this is going to be fun. Well, I am your um, student today because as I follow you, I am like, Tigo, you are a wealth of knowledge and inspiration, but like oh, this wow, thank you. is something I, th- I mean, I know you say it's not new, but like for mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. us, it's something that we haven't necessarily considered in the development of brands and businesses where now it's like, well, yes. duh, like you're turning light bulbs on yes. right now. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, good, good, good. Cause that's important. So it's literally thinking about what drives us. So if we were to talk about emotions and feelings, right, there's nothing we do that's disconnected from an emotion. And we're going to talk about some of those emotions, which makes it even more poignant where we can actually drive home the point. So let's just talk about the difference between them. So a feeling, a feeling is really your belief about something. So if I say, so let's talk about the feeling of love. I think love is in the air. You know what I mean? So we can talk, we'll use love as in our example. Okay. So if I tell you, I feel that love exists for everyone. I'm actually telling you my belief about love. I'm saying that I believe in love. I believe love is real. I believe love can, you know, it exists. I believe that love can be attained. It can be found. So every time we say I feel, I'm also giving you what I believe about that feeling, which means it comes from almost like a learned a better way to say it, yes, feelings are more of a learned behavior. Yeah. So if anybody's writing, then it's easy to see it this way. So feelings we learn because we learn beliefs, right? So we might learn about love based off what we saw growing up. And the crazy thing about that is I always say we either gravitate or deviate from what we see. So whatever you've learned, it doesn't mean you're going to mimic what you learn. You're going to make your own beliefs based off what you've learned. So if you saw a loving relationship between your parents, you might say, that's exactly what I want. If you grew up, say like me, I grew up in a single parent home and there was no father around. 
I still knew that's what I wanted because I'm as far as a loving relationship, because I didn't have it. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Absolutely. So I deviated from what I experienced, but I learned my belief based off of what I saw. So because I didn't see a father, I saw my mom struggling, trying to keep up with three kids. It gets crazy because we all have three last names. So <laughs> go figure. In my mind, I'm thinking, I don't want any of that. Yes. Right. So I developed my belief about love, my feelings about love based off of what I saw. So I think that's just like this sidebar that's important that when I say that you develop, you you learn yeah. what you feel and you learn your beliefs. It's not necessarily you learn exact because I know some people say, well, I didn't see it. So maybe, no, you still learn what you feel about it based off of what you've experienced. Experience. So feelings are these things that we learn. It's based off of a training. It could be what we've expo- we've been exposed to. It could be what we've practiced. Sometimes we have like spiritual rituals or spiritual beliefs or religious beliefs that make us think a certain way about something. Another example I love is like right now we have so many women, right? And we've never had this many women run for the office of president. And some of us have feelings behind it. Some we won't call if they're good or bad, positive or negative, but some have very strong feelings about should a woman be in leadership? Well, that tells me what my belief is about women in leadership. What do I really believe should be happening? Do I believe women can take on that role? Do I believe women could be so focused to drive a whole country? Right. And so that tells me what I believe. Now, that's where it separates from emotions, because emotions, I almost said, watch this. Usually when I teach it in live, I'm like, now watch this. (laughs) I'm like, watch this, but you can't watch anything. Right. So so hear this, feel this. (laughs) An emotion is an instinctual response to the feeling. So it's usually, and the reason it's instinctual, um, here's, here's where we all get to become like scientists really quick, okay? Instinctual, I mean biological. It's a biological response to what we feel. And so think of about the last time you were angry. You probably got hot. You probably started sweating. Me, I probably started sweating in my head. I don't have <laughs> hair to absorb the sweat. <laughs> and, you know, you might freeze in the moment. You might find yourself shaking because anger is a biological response. And everything about our emotions are the same way. If you're frightened, how you're frightened and how I'm frightened, Jenna, might look exactly the same physically. Except we're two different women from two different backgrounds. Uh, You might be my sister from another mister, but (laughs) it's apparent, right? Like looking at us, we're two totally different women, but we're going to express that emotion about anger and fear and happiness the same. So really quick, here are the basic emotions. There's like four basic emotions and that those are happiness, sadness, fear, and anger. And from there, we have all these other ones that look like um, anxiety. Depression can be an emotion. We have so many and you, you, you'll hear compassion, excitement, grief. Uh, Brene Brown does a really good job. I'm going to add that to something for your followers, for all the gold diggers. But she has a good list of all these emotions. There's almost like 27 main ones. But the four core ones are happiness, sadness, fear and anger. I love that. That's so and helpful. So, that does that help? Yeah. Okay, good. Because yeah, so emotions are literally they kind of follow feelings. Yeah. So you have these beliefs about something and then it drives your actual emotion behind it. So you're feeling about this. Does that make you angry? So using our love example really quick, if you think about how we say, you know, the, the love an emotion might be if I'm scared of love. So let's go with someone who's afraid of love. Then I might get nervous if someone flirts with me. I might get angry 
when I see see all these married couples act as if love is, you know, the end all be all to this rainbow, right? But if I believe in love and I'm excited by love, every time I see one of those shows, like I'm addicted to a bachelorette show or maybe, you know, because those are people who probably believe in love, right? And so your emotions show up based off your belief. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. So does that help? Yeah. That Can I ask skin? a question then? Please okay. do. Yes. So we've been actually thinking now that you, as you're breaking this down and like, I have been exploring emotional intelligence so much with my daughter as she's yes. starting to put connections together of what, you know, like stranger danger or like going to yes. the doctor. And so like we were at the doctor the other day and she had to get shots and the doctor mm-hmm. was like, well, next time she comes, she's going to be afraid of me. And I was like, well, I don't want her to be fearful of this. So mm-hmm. the feeling of either mm-hmm. if she attributes the doctor to a positive or a negative will drive the emotion. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Yes, that's exactly right. And then with that example, so, and it depends because now that you're her mom, so there's a such thing, well, I should say there's a such thing I'm creating for emotional, intelligent parents yeah. and raising emotional, intelligent children. Yeah. That's like something I'm really working on for the new Ooh, year. I am first um, in line for this. You know, <laughs> this is going to be exciting because what happens is it's what we show our kids. Yeah. So when they're kids, they're, they're literally picking up how we respond. Yes. So if she sees you really, so I call my doctor, my children's doctor, my first name, basically. Yeah. When they see her, she they see her almost as part of her care system, yeah. not as a parent, but as her care system, right? So you know what auntie is here for. She's here to give you all the candy. You know what grandma's here for. She's here to give you more candy. <laughs> uh, you know, like they, they understand based off of how you built those relationships. Yes. And relationships are our key. And I know we're going to um, hopefully talk about about the test and the difference between EQ and IQ, yes. but relationships are a key component. So if you can keep that in mind for your daughter right now, she's watching the relationships you set up yes. with other people. And then that's how she's going to be. So she might say this doctor hurt me, but when the doctor says, oh, I'm so sorry, she's readily to receive yeah. it. So she might be more nervous than mad. I love that. You get what I'm yes. saying? Would you rather for her to be nervous than angry yes. at the doctor? I feel like I've been like just exploring this in so many ways because I'm like, how do I want to teach her and lead her? And I don't want to invoke fear on traveling or anything like that, you know? And yes, I'm like, yes. I look at a lot of common fears and I'm like, I believe a lot of it is taught either intentionally yep. or unintentionally by parents who are kind of making their children afraid of something. Um, and I yep. think maybe I overanalyze all of this, but I, I just feel like, man, you are in my head right now. So let's talk about the difference between EQ and IQ, because that sounds like gibberish to me right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. OK, so the funny yes, I, I, I look when I say it, it sounds like gibberish to me sometimes. Too. OK, <laughs> so EQ and IQ, it's really actually easy to understand. EQ. Well, let's start with IQ. Yeah. IQ measures quantitative okay. things. So you think about it measures your cognitive intelligence. It measures how good you are at problem solving, math skills, memory skills, analytical abilities. That's what IQ measures. Okay. All right. So there's nothing deep there. And then EQ, and when I say deep, like it's not, it's it's very, can you do this or yes. not, right? Like, are you good at math or are you not? Are you good at math or word? What, you, remember word problems? Mm -hmm. I was an algebra teacher for so long prior <laughs> to breaking off uh, into my own world. I literally was a school teacher, third grade, fifth grade, and algebra, pre-algebra, algebra, before I had my daughter. And I was in the classroom for 10 years. So teaching is in my blood. This. But word problems were hard, yeah. right? So that's something that it's almost difficult to make people change naturally. Okay, so IQ measures your natural ability at those kinds of things, measurable things. EQ is a measures in a nutshell, how you um, show up as a person. Mm -hmm. It's how we show up as these humans. So remember I mentioned like humans and humanity and <laughs> it's how we show up as humans. So it measures our ability to recognize our own emotions and then the emotions of others. Okay. And so one measures who we are and how we show up and the other one measures our smarts. Now, if you want a really funny way to look at this, you could be really smart and still be a complete jerk. Mm -hmm. So yes. that's that's how you know the difference between your EQ and IQ. You can be extremely intelligent when it comes to book smarts yeah. and be the worst person as a friend or as a communicator or as a spouse or as a parent. And we don't want that. But the good thing about that, the saving grace in that is one is fluid mm -hmm. and that's emotional intelligence. EQ is fluid. So it could be taught 
you can practice to get better where IQ is one of those things. It's almost, it's, I think it's something like, don't, don't make, I think 65% genetic, 65 to 85% genetic. I have to check that stat, but emotions are something that you could literally change. So it's fluid. So even if you are a smart jerk, you don't have to be tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you can actually be a nice jerk by morning. So <laughs> there is hope out there for you. There is hope out there, yeah. so, so that's the difference between they measure totally different things. And the funny thing is EQ, there's actually five areas that it measures. And I'll say these, but I'm going to also include this in that little fun goodie bag yes. I want to give to your people. Our people. I'm going to say our people, not your people, because I'm a gold digger. <laughs> yes. So, and one, it's how we see ourselves. This is really good, though, because that way when people say, well, what does it measure? It's yep. easy. It's one, how do we see ourselves? Two, it's how we express ourselves. And there's a big difference there because how I see myself might not be how I express myself. So I might be really shy, even though when I'm home, I know I have this, but then it's like, oh gosh, do I give it to the world? So how I express myself is the second component. And these are our main categories. And then it's how we interact in our relationships. And that could be with coworkers. It could be with your parents, with your child, your daughter. (laughs) It's how we interact in our relationships. And then the fourth one is how we make decisions. And then the last one, watch this, is how we measure stress. Mm, I like this. So the way we navigate stress is so important to emotional intelligence. And stress could be from the cash you're taking forever to ring up your groceries to at work, your boss dumping heaves of work on you and knowing that you don't have that kind of time. So it's kind of, that's what that means. And if you think about it, how we show up emotionally to those things probably matters. Like, how am I going to respond to my boss? (laughs) Am I just going to dump everything? (laughs) I've done that before. I actually did that. (laughs) But but are you going to just throw everything and say, I quit? Mm -hmm. So those are the five main categories. And under each one, which we will not go through, there's these subcategories that go under each. But those are the five categories that EQ measures. You know what I think when, as you're saying this, I'm like, being an entrepreneur tests every one of those almost daily. Yes. Like, if yes. we're really digging in, like, it would be so interesting. Maybe I'll challenge myself and my listeners. If you wrote down those five things and every day you just mm-hmm. rated yourself from a one to a five of how you're showing up, mm-hmm. I feel like it could be mm-hmm. really interesting. And as you were explaining them, I was like, there have been seasons where I've shown up really well in this area and seasons where I have mm-hmm. really been awful, which is life, it's right? You know? <laughs> well, but even more than that, more than it being life, here's the really good thing about understanding emotional intelligence. And I know when I went through my certification, our director, she drilled this yeah. woman. So, and it's true after doing all my research, you're not trying to be good at all yeah. of them. Find which one you're really, really strong yeah. at. And then you use that to balance. So like, if you are an entrepreneur and you do know that stress, because say, for instance, I am very ADD, yeah. right? And so my decision-making can go from zero to 100. It could be very planned to very sporadic. Yeah. Well, if I know that I need to put people around me, who are high in decision-making. Now we want kind people all the time, which the one thing uh, that I train companies on and leaders on is empathy. You want people to be empathetic regardless, because that means I can place myself 
in your shoes, but you don't have to be good at all of them because we kill ourselves. Like that's like, we're asking for a perfect person and I'm going to do this for you, Jenna. I want to do the test for you. I'm not, I I just want to, there's an actual I was going to ask you what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, There is an actual (laughs) that happens and it's, it's so great. It's like this 10 page report that shows you exactly where you're strong at. I think it's like 120 or 130 questions, something like that. Just simple yes and no. They take like 20 minutes and you're able to use that. And then if you see one you want to work on, have at it. But if not, you're just like, okay, no, I'm really good here. I don't think I'll ever be a socialite. You know what I mean? So like if you're you're not so high in the social uh, interaction piece, you might say, okay, that's just not me. But how do I make sure people feel great? when they do have to experience. I love this. And I think what's so, I mean, you're so right. And as I'm looking at my business now, I'm like, dang, I wish I knew more about this before because what's so amazing, especially as your business grows and maybe you start hiring a team is like you said, like understanding, like I'm really great in this and I need people that Mm -hmm. will either challenge me or support me in this area. So Mm -hmm. help me with this. Let's say somebody comes up to you and they're like, Tico, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm like kind of just getting started and I don't really see how emotional intelligence plays a role in my success. What would you say? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's a good one. Emotional intelligence, when it was first derived, when the history of it was connected to workplace, it was connected to leadership workplace. The test even says leadership or workplace. So it's if you're an, a team player, I don't like saying yeah. employees, so to speak, but if you're a team or a part of a team or if you're the leader of the team. So it was actually based on that. And then from there, it started being able to be applied. Research started applying it to other elements of sure. our lives, other roles we play. Right. And so when it comes to your actual success and understanding emotional intelligence, if you remember that it's how you show yeah. up, It's a game changer. So under, let's just take one for self-expression. I might be very opinionated. Tico is, because Tico's an educator. So I read tons, but I also have to recognize that that can sometimes be intimidating in a room. So I have to learn, like literally practice to say, oh yes, and not in my head. Even if I have a response already, I have to tell myself, Tico, you can't respond right now. Let them get it out. Let them have it. Don't even, you might not get to respond today. So all that to say, like knowing your strengths of who you are and then showing up as an entrepreneur, even for yourself. Now that's the good part, even for yourself, because guess what? I know you know this. Entrepreneurs, sometimes we stay in our strengths. So if you know you're a good planner, guess what you'll do forever? Plan an idea and you'll never come away from the planning part to execute. Right. Well, guess what that might be saying? It might be saying that the planning part of you is really, really good at decision making or really, really good at stress management because you can sit and plan and never get freaked out. You can stop, take a coffee break or a wine break. I don't know what your break is. (laughs) (laughs) And you and you can get back at it. And so it makes you really great at that. But you might also be withdrawn with the self-expression because it's like, this is new and I know I'm supposed to be doing this as a business, but I have, I have a great, great friend right now who she's like, Tika, when it comes to selling, which we all think selling yeah, is in, yeah. right? She's like, I don't know how to do it because I'm an introvert. How are you? An in-? And she knows she's supposed to be an entrepreneur. She's an amazing yeah. designer, but she's trying to understand how am I to be an introvert, which is like, you can't cut introvert yep. off. Like, <laughs> that's why I don't <laughs> want people to think you're supposed to just jump into emotional intelligence and become this new person. And so she has to try to balance 
how I think she would be like our perfect uh, avatar for talking about how do you navigate this with, you know, emotional intelligence and entrepreneur. How do you show up to other people? She'll be in a room and she'll never mention this is yeah. what I do because yeah. of the self-expression component. And so, but then what happens is you start having to undo those layers and uncover what is it about self-expression or what is it in there that's keeping me from saying, okay, I don't have to be this social person and take these people home and invite them to my party. I just need to be able to talk about who I am and express myself and trust that they're interested. That is good. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I have a selfish question. <laughs> yes! I like okay. Well, <laughs> like the more that we're digging into this, the more that I'm questioning. And you can be like, please be brutally honest with me. Mm-hmm. I have okay. always prided myself in the recent years as my business has grown and scaled. I genuinely believe that I am not very emotional when it comes to business. And I feel like that has been a coping mechanism in a sense to help me to make better decisions. And I think to as women and not not just because we're female, but as women, we're more emotional beings. And if I were to approach my business from a state of emotion all the time, it'd be exhausting to me. And so Mm -hmm. as you're Mm -hmm. talking about this, I'm like, is this a good thing that like when I, I'm a numbers person. So if I can see numbers, that gives me clarity instead of emotions, which I think can be like all over the place. What would you say to somebody that says that? Like, are you saying like you're fooling yourself or like, is that legit? I don't know. Yes. Well, it's funny. I'm so glad that's how you ended that question because that's what I was going to tell you. I was going to say, actually, all of that you just described is a myth. You said be brutally honest. It's a myth. Everybody's emotional. Yes. We just only focus on a certain type of emotion. Okay. So we think that being withdrawn is not an emotion or it doesn't have a place in emotion or we think, and I'm talking about people who are shy. We think that people who are able to just see black and white isn't tied to an emotion. So when we say emotional, we're all emotional. Quiet is an emotion. A person who says, no, I don't engage in that. That's an emotion. It's just a different type of an emotion as one that's more expressive. So remember, I said that second thing we measure is self-expression. So we're all emotional. The way you express it is different. So your emotion is I need to stay focused. So I'm going to be driven because you're probably very driven. So yeah. your, your emotion of driven and, you know, high achiever and wanting to succeed, which are also attributes and adjectives to describe you, I'm sure, yeah. is your way. That's how you emote. Okay. If that makes sense. You yeah. emote by saying, I'm not going to get invested with this from a heart standpoint, or I'm not going to put so many feelings. So in other words, you probably remove a lot of the feelings. Yes. Like I'm, not, I'm not saying this down to what I believe. I'm just more focused on getting it done. Uh, That's an emotional approach. That's just who you are. So your emotional approach is I don't get connected to what's happening because I need to see the end result. 
Oh, you just like shattered some some ceilings in my world in a good, good. way. That's because good, though. That's what you want. You want to be able to see yourself because here's what happens when we do this. We end up beating ourselves up about who we really are. Yeah. Now, I will say this with this news. I hope I don't get in trouble. And I hope no. your next guess is not about self-care. <laughs> but I think, with this, I think with this trend of self-care, we're using it to excuse some bad behavior. Yep. Agreed. I think what we're doing is using it to say, okay, well, you know what? I no longer put myself in those situations if your energy's not right, right? Did you like my mimic voice? Because everyone's talking about your energy, right? Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, but if that energy is happening to follow you in every situation, <laughs> maybe you need to cut yourself off from you. It's not the people and it's not self-care. It's just putting this Band-Aid on what you're hiding, right? And yeah. so... For you, it's, I think we end up beating ourselves up. And so if your way is to simply say, you know what, I have to get this done and this is how I get there. Cool. That's how you should. It doesn't remove being kind. Yeah. So yeah. as long as people don't see you as, okay, she's a jerk on top of her <laughs> great decision making yeah. and her great stress management, because that's where you would lie, probably. As long as they're not saying, oh, but she's mean. Yeah. Then, then it's fine to be that way. Put somebody at the front to do the nice work. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm a numbers person too. Actually, I told you I'm a left brain, right brain. Yeah. And so my, I like I'm equal, so I can have a creative mind. And then I'm like, wait, but with that creativity, there has to be strategy. Yeah. And so when I go into my strategy mind, I'm thinking, you know, no, Tico, this has to be this, 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 and this, and it has to align and line up to make all the sense in the world. So that's fine that you're that way. You don't beat yourself up on it. Again, you find what your strengths are and you build around that and being very honest. I think the one thing people don't do is they're not honest enough with other people and say, Hey, I'm a straight shooter. Usually every interview, every conversation I have with anyone, I always tell them my filter is broke. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm not fixing it. Yes. And I'm not fixing it. I tell them, even when I take the stage, I get to speak often and I enjoy that. But I always tell them, make say my filter is broke. So I could have come with a planned speech, but something might come up and like, Oh God, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that like that, but but just being honest with people. Right. So being honest, like, Hey team, you guys know, when I go in a zone, I'm in a zone. Yeah. So don't knock on my door or don't call me, whatever your situation is. Don't call my phone. Don't text me. If you text, I'm not coming. Yeah. Um, you better text blood for me to come <laughs> and actually show up. Putting that out there about who you are, I think is the key. That's amazing. Understanding how you emote. Like, let me tell you the truth about me first. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? And yes. then I think your team and the people around you can appreciate how you get down more. Well, and so much of that comes from like self-awareness and just being honest about that. But you did say something that I want to ask about is you talked about strengthening different Mm -hmm. aspects. Like, are there things that you can do to strengthen the way that you're showing up based on emotional intelligence? There, there is, there really are. So there, there are exercises. Some of the, I, now I'm not into corny exercises. Yeah. Goes <laughs> oh gosh, forgive me for any of the experts who put out the corny exercises. So like, it's okay. I'll use my husband as an example. So one of the things we didn't talk about in the beginning, my husband looks like you, Jenna. He doesn't look like me, right? He's a white guy <laughs> with blonde hair, blue eyes. So he shows up as a CFO for the company he works for. He's over at USC and Keck School of Medicine, but he shows up in this powerful position. He comes home all the time fussing. It's like, you need to come and do the trainings at our 
job because he says they have us holding hands and the men are holding hands outside the circle of the women holding hands. And we're trying to figure out how is this going to work later? So I'm not into the corny practices of what's not going to last. I think a lot of our work has to be introspective. So it's not always about looking for the greatest inspiration and tools. There's simple tools we can do for ourselves. So the one introspective homework assignment I enjoy giving is to jot down. So whatever, let's go back to the five core emotions, right? I mean, the four core emotions, right? Happiness, sadness, anger, and fear. Out of those four things, which one is it that you recognize you want to fix or you want to work on? And I hate the word fix, but for a better, for a lack of a better word right now, the one that you want to improve upon, let's say that. I would say fear for most of our people. Let's dig into fear. Okay, let's dig into fear. So write down the times, not that you're fearful, but that you feel most emboldened or you feel most at at your ready. Because the opposite of fear is feeling confident, right? And so I would say, jot down all the times you remember feeling confident and put what was around you that made that possible. So when I say what was around you, was that a team of people? Was that your parents? Was it childhood because your parents believed in you? Was it a great book you read? Was it at work because your, you know, employees or your team recognized you as an entrepreneur? Is it because you're following, they empower you? And then I would say, okay, how real is this? Because it's really easy to get into a social media cross where we think, okay, I'm everything because I have all these people liking me. But when I come home and the two people in my house are looking at me sideways, um, there's a problem with that. So I would say jot down the times that you, that, that, that you felt the opposite of fear. And then spend some time on an like an itemized list of when you feel fearful. That sounds like a tongue twister. When you feel fearful. You rocked it. <laughs> okay, good. So when you feel fearful, I would list those times of what causes me fear. And then go through those and say, okay, now what can I do to challenge? Because I can guarantee you're going to find a trend in both lists. So if I list all the times I feel fear upon me, it might be for somebody every time I think someone's looking. It might be every time I'm starting something new. So depending on what that trend looks like, I would say start looking into what can I do differently? Now, that might look like getting yourself in a group where there is more empowerment happening because you don't you see that every time you're fearful is because you feel a lack of support. Maybe it's getting somewhere like a gold digger Mm -hmm. (laughs) group where you feel empowered because we do need that. If you feel fearful because it always requires you to take this huge leap of the unknown, right? I also call it like this huge leap of faith. If it requires you to take this humongous leap, then maybe you have to tell yourself, okay, I'm going to do something really big and odd every week. And when I say big and odd, that could be something like, I'm going to go in the grocery store. I'm going to introduce myself to three strangers. <laughs> I mean, really practicing how to get outside of what it's for. Because if you're fearful of stages, like say if you know you're supposed to be a public speaker, right? But you do better behind your computer. Then to me, a good way is now go introduce yourself to strangers. By the time you get all their crazy reactions, you're ready for the stage. I love that. I love that. I mean, I feel like, emotional intelligence does take a lot of self-awareness. Like we can't keep trying to fool ourselves or like hide from it. Like this is who we are. And there's no apologies necessary 
necessary. And Jenna, it's so key. If, if, the, the funny thing that what you just said about the knowing yeah. our self, the introspective part, it's really important. And that's why I think that test really is helpful because it does help you to see okay about yourself. And the other part about knowing who you are, it's really knowing what your hangups are. So the first exercise I gave you, that's kind of practical. Like that's this easy, it doesn't really make you have to be hard yep. on yourself. But there's this other thing that I feel we're not doing enough of. And I think it's feeding our consciousness. Ooh, let's talk about this. Let's go. Yeah. So that's the fix that I think really works. And that's not, you're not going to find that in yep. Google. Like for you probably Google all kind of activities <laughs> for the other part. But I think the feeding our consciousness, I'm running into more and more people who say, I don't watch the news because it's so depressing or they don't make eye contact with the homeless or they don't they volunteer in places that are so easy. So I volunteer by reading at the library, at the kids school, because it doesn't pull on, you know, an emotional string, if you will. I think we have to do more of feeding our conscious, like really watch the news, really sit and see what other people's worlds look like experience for a moment what they're experiencing because here's the good thing when you say okay I don't watch the news because it's too depressing it's only depressing in that moment when you're watching it because you get to return to your real life but I feel the more we feed our consciousness the more we're able to actually check our emotions the easier it is for me to be a little bit more patient with the person who and this is no slight towards anybody but if you see someone who's about say in my age range in their 40s working as a sales clerk in a store, chances are they're not doing it because, hey, this was my goal in life. So if I'm really aware of what people may be going through, it'll slow me down. And that's how I train my emotions. So for me, I try to stay connected to what other people may be experiencing. So when I'm complaining about being an Uber (laughs) driver for my 12 year old daughter, because she has to be somewhere every minute of the day, (laughs) then you can really think about the kids at the border who are separated from their parents. Like it might sound really foo-foo and, you know, fluffy, but if you think like I have my kid. So I feel like feeding our conscious with the things that make us uncomfortable is how we'll learn. Oh, I 100% agree. And I feel like that discomfort is necessary for growth. Yes. Yeah, it's necessary because we get so complacent and then we become entitled. Yeah. And so our entitlement has us, you know, Americans, we're just really entitled and we believe everything and we work hard. And so the things I'm not saying that I don't deserve what I've worked for, what I'm saying is other people deserve Mm. the same things that I have an opportunity to. That was good. So when I check myself, oh, I'll say it one more time. And so I'm not saying I don't deserve what I work for. What I'm saying is other people deserve the same opportunity that I have. Like, I really believe that. So since you like that, I will tell you this real quick because you're raising a daughter. With my baby girl... She's the oldest. My son is a little different. You know, they don't ask yeah. for much uh, like girls do, right? You were a girl once. So, you know, we want everything from nail polish, lip gloss. My son doesn't find something every time yeah. we go into Target. But my daughter, she wants something every time. And so one day she was walking around acting kind of entitled. Her brother asked her for something. She's like, no, Breck, you're getting on my nerves. Like yeah. one of those moments, right? And my husband says, yeah, we have to teach her that the world doesn't rotate around her. And I said, no. I want to teach her that the world does rotate around her. But when it's time for her to evolve and be the part of someone else's world, she has to show up the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like we have to learn to not decrease what we want, but to increase what other people can have. Dang, girl. That's it. That's it right there. (laughs) And that to me is how you check your emotional intelligence. Am I always showing up to increase 
somebody else's bottom line? Am I finishing their day right? Am I making them feel more special than before they said hello to me? Can I say something? And I might regret saying this, but I want to say it. I feel like you just unpacked privilege in a perfect way. That's exactly what it is. No, you're absolutely right. That's exactly what privilege is. White privilege, black privilege, any kinds of privileges. And we know white privilege is just prevalent, but most people don't see it. It's just not accepting that I deserve this, but so does she or so does he. That's all we're saying. And privilege is directly tied to our emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. It's directly tied to seeing myself for who I am. How do I show up? Do I express myself in a way that shows that other person they're the same as me? And do I interact, which is the social component, yeah. right? And then that helps make my decisions. That's not right because, and I'm going to tell you something, when we don't make a decision, we've made a decision. Yeah. yeah. So when we're silent, we've made a choice. When we don't stand up for the things we know, we've made a choice. Yeah. And then how does that stress? Because sometimes when the stress hits, we're like, okay, I'm out of here. This is too much. I don't even, I'd rather not deal. Even with the entrepreneurship, right? So when you talked about it to be tied to entrepreneurship, Think about it. Sometimes we don't do it because it's so stressful. You're like, never mind. Yeah. I just won't do that. I'll stay at this level. Yeah. Yes. The way that you just described all of that in a sense, and so much of it ties back to emotions and feelings, what we've been taught, yes. how we feel. Yes. And I, I feel yes. like, um, and I'm just going to say from my own experience, I didn't understand privilege for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of white women take offense mm-hmm. to that terminology because yep. they think that the word privilege insinuates that they haven't worked hard. And the way yes. that you just oh, said point. that, because yeah. I exactly. I I used to struggle to like understand what Mm -hmm. the word privilege meant in my world. And the way Mm -hmm. that you just explained it literally Mm -hmm. broke it all Mm -hmm. down, no matter Mm -hmm. what color or situation or background or anything like It's not that you didn't work to get what you have, but it's that other people aren't given that same opportunity to do it. And that's all it is. Mm -hmm. It really really is. And I'm glad you said that because that's key. It's so key to most of what we don't understand is that no one's saying lesson. That's why I gave you the scenario I use with my daughter. Like, no, the world does rotate around you. My kids live in a situation where they don't have to struggle and think, you know, okay, you want a new lip gloss? Fine, get the lip gloss. But I need her to show up when her brother needs something. You give it that same level. Yeah. And so it's just making sure that other people have the same opportunities and we don't see ours as, okay, I'm entitled. And that's the difference. It's just, it's because entitlement is different than worked hard, right? Like, no, you worked hard for, you deserve everything you get from it. You can deserve every promotion, but so does the other person. It's not taking away their opportunity at the same hard work. And that's just what it is. You're so good. Okay. I have two minutes for your last answer. And I had like, I mean, I would give you an hour. I mean, we could. let's go. (laughs) How do you approach social media from a place of Mm -hmm. understanding like your emotional intelligence and how that can impact it? Hmm, That's a good question. I would say one, let's be authentic. And I know authentic is another word. There's some words I just really want to hear before the year is out. Um, purpose is one. Authentic is energy. another. Because I think they're just, energy is another. Yes, yes, yes. And self-care. Can we do it? No. <laughs> but, but yes, because those have real meaning and I think we're losing yeah. it. But being authentic, in other words, being true. And if you don't have anything true to say, don't say yeah. it at all. So in other words, searching for something to be is not necessarily emotionally intelligent. It's full of self. And emotional, intelligent people aren't self-absorbed. 
So in order to be really strong in our emotions, we have to remove ourselves from just wanting attention. So I say approach social media from an authentic place and maybe it's not a place for you. So I will say, know that you have a platform everywhere. It just might not be social media, but the idea that we feed into everyone should have a platform. Like I'm really not concerned with my following and my numbers. I just, I'm just not, I don't do any promoting for them. Like whatever happens, happens. I figure it just has to be my authentic space. Yeah. And you show up in that way. I feel like I told you I got goosebumps just reading a two sentence caption, which we all know I am yes. not short winded. And I was like, <laughs> said like everything I've thought in like way less words, like, dang it. I was like, I quote you on that one. Um, Have at um, it. Yes, yes, yes. Have so at it. Where can people find you, connect, get the goodie bag that you're putting together and just be inspired oh, by yes. you? Absolutely. Okay. So I am going to put together a digital goodie bag for the gold diggers. And so they can find that at, it's going to be Tico Nay Johnson. That's T-I-E-K-O-N-E-J-O-N.com backslash goodie bag. Love it. Is that for, no, forward slash, I always say backslash, forward slash goodie bag. And then TicoNejan.com is where my work is. I'm on social media as TicoNejan. And then I have this new thing that's a social club. Uh, It's called Felt, Felt Social Club. So it's very new. Uh, And that's where we're making it practical for everyone. So that's where emotional intelligence is not just about corporate training entrepreneurs. It's really just talking about the real stuff in real time in our real lives (laughs) and tying our emotions. So you actually get to be super in your feelings there. So that's felt social club on Instagram. Thank you so much for coming on. It is such an honor. And thank you for just teaching today. Like I feel like I am walking away having just learned so much because of the gifts that you've offered. Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot because I just want to stay true to who I'm supposed to be. (laughs) So that feels good. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And you keep doing what you're doing because the idea that you're putting out so much knowledge, like people can't say they don't have an opportunity to get the good stuff for entrepreneurships and women. You're putting it out there. So keep doing the good Mm, work. Thank you, Tico. Does anyone else feel like they just went to emotional intelligence school in the best way possible? Tico did not hold back. And I just feel enlightened and empowered in the experience that I just had and how I can take that and move forward. I want to encourage you when you break down emotions and feelings and you start to really scratch the surface and dig deep into what is fueling your decisions as an entrepreneur, it can change everything. I am so, so thankful for Tico and the way that she showed up today, ready to teach us and inspire us. And I am leaving today's episode feeling so excited to dig a little bit deeper into emotional intelligence. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. I'd love to hear what you thought about today's episode and what your biggest aha moments were. Head on over to Instagram at Gold Digger Podcast. Tell us all of the things and thank Tico for coming on and sharing in the way that she did. She inspires me so, so much. Until next time, Gold Diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And thank you for hitting play on another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. 
Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home, and thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.